Welcome to Lime Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basili. Epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind-spirit remedy. Now here's your host, Dr. Pat. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to be connecting with all of you. I'm so excited about today's show. But more importantly, I am so excited about an idea that we have to raise funds for uh, Lyme disease awareness. Now, many of you are probably saying, hey, what do you mean we need to raise funds for other things? Well, I have to tell you, I have talked to thousands of people over the past, I know you're going to be shocked, 11 years since my healing journey began. And what I want to say to all of you is beyond a few celebrities out there that are saying, you know what, I've got Lyme disease, the world doesn't really know about it. We have got ourselves, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze, uh, and Dr. Darvish and countless others, we have a phenomenal idea on how to help raise Lyme disease awareness. And I want to tell you, today's show is all about that as well. Can't wait to introduce you to Greg Lee, my guest today. But here's what I want to say to all of you. Stay tuned. We have got a crowdfunding effort that is going to deliver an educational tool and oh my goodness, it is in line with what we're doing on transformationradio.fm. It's not only going to be something that is uh, available for people all over the world through their smartphones, but let me just tell you, we have gotten extremely creative in what we are going to do. And how is this all possible? Well, I'll tell you how it's possible. It's possible because we have people like my guest today my guest, who is all about creating an avalanche of Lyme disease awareness, Greg Lee. I love this term, creating an avalanche of Lyme disease awareness. Now, for those of you out there, you know, it's not just enough anymore for us to step out into the world and have chit chat or water fountain conversations about Lyme disease. And with so much misinformation out there, and you want to hear the latest, can't even get the results of your test. Can't even get it from the doctor. All you can get is, no, you don't have Lyme disease. Well, I'm telling you, this is a show. This is a show that's all about overcoming challenges, how to step forth, what does it mean to create an avalanche, Lyme disease awareness, why is Greg Lee so passionate about this? And how about goodbye Lyme? How about it? I'm all about it. Well, Greg Lee is the driving force behind Two Frogs Healing Center, goodbyelyme.com, expert using Chinese herbs. Thank goodness. Thank goodness somebody's speaking about that and alternative medicines and treatments. Today, it is so important for us to understand that you can have the best Lyme disease test in the world, but if people do not even know or not aware of the many shades of Lyme disease, boy, you're rolling the boulder uphill. Greg, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. 
Oh, what a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much for that, Pat. It's an honor to be on here, and hopefully I can share some things that help your listeners to get better and affect their healing. So thank you so much for that. I have to tell you, congratulations to you. Thank you so much, Greg. I mean, I really mean it. Thank you for coming out and speaking out in a world uh, that many, many people still do not even understand. They, they got a sense, Greg, right, that oh, this Lyme disease thing, that's a little something going on. But they yeah, don't it, really it, have a good sense of it. Uh, here's my question for you to kick this off. Okay. Where are we, in your opinion, with people, let's just keep it here in the U.S. for a minute, with people here having a good sense of what Lyme disease is? In your opinion, where are we? I think we're in the beginning stages of that. Mm. There's a lot of people who still keep coming in, and they say they're told, you know, Lyme isn't found in Florida, or, you know, there Washington aren't any practitioners State. in my area. All right, my doctor says, you know, it's easy to treat, and you know, quotes the IDSA guidelines, and that uh, I hear that every probably every other day, if not every day. You know, this is really interesting. You know, the past couple of shows I've done here, um, you know, was so very important to do because I lived on the East Coast for most of my life, right? Uh, Mm. Went to school in California, but I moved to Seattle and Seattle, Washington. And believe it or not, and I think you know this, and I wish, you know, this is part of the show today, Um, this is really your brilliance, Greg. This is what I love about what you do is if you go to the website for the state of Washington, they are very clear in saying Lyme disease doesn't exist here. The only cases we have, all 23 of them, according to them, are from people that are from another state. Now, let's start, let's start with what you talk about when you say creating an avalanche Lyme disease awareness. How could it be possible, in your opinion, and based on what you've discovered research, how is it that, you know, this disease, given the way we know it gets carried through ticks, how does it decide what state it wants to be in? Well, obviously, (laughs) you know, deer and ticks, birds, whatever animals carrying it, they don't see state lines and... (laughs) You know, we obviously, but uh, there's a lot of state agencies, medical providers, you know, they're just going on misinformation or old information, and it really takes kind of like a grassroots effort to really educate them and say, hey, this is really an issue here. I mean, the woman in Lyme, Connecticut, I mean, she, you know, kept banging on her state our local health providers, and they didn't listen to her for the longest time. Yeah. So, you know, this is, it's almost like you need uh, a really a very profound, you know, sustained effort in really bringing this out. Yeah. Hopefully you know, we're I on I the cutting edge of that. You. I mean, it's really clear to me that given the work that you're doing, and, you know, we're going to we'll talk about this in depth, right, you know, that this is something you're passionate about. What is it that has gotten you to be such a warrior around this, to really come forth? You know, give us an example of what you've seen. 
clearly the website goodbylyme.com, you know, getting rid of incredibly persistent Lyme disease. I mean, given that this is really you stepping forward, what has been your motivation? I worked with chronic illness patients before I really started working with Lyme. This is probably about 17 years ago. And before that, before I got into healthcare, I used to work at NASA as an engineer integrating spacecraft together. So big problems, you know, we're trying to measure, you know, worked on the Hubble Space Telescope, we're trying to measure big things, and we have to know how even the smallest component affects the big, bigger projects. So taking that kind of experience into uh, working with patients, it's like, hey, you know, we can try to kill this infection, but there's a whole system here that there's side effects. There's other challenges here that we need to work with. We need to really get in there and help these people to heal, not just knock out some diagnosed infection. So for me, it was 17 years ago, this patient came in and they were sick and they, and I didn't know anything about Lyme back then. And then over the decades, it's been hundreds of patients coming and the early ones taught me a lot. And, you know, I still learn a lot from the ones that come now. And then about five years ago, my daughter got bit by a tick that was infected Bartonella. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, you know, didn't see that one coming, you know, totally missed it. And so that's my personal iron in the fire. Plus, you know, I'm in a very tick endemic area in here in Maryland. So, you know, it could be any time when one of my family or I get bit again. Yeah. Isn't that really part of this when we talk about avalanche of awareness, right? Isn't that even part of the conversation, right? That, you know, we're talking about one thing when we talk about somebody and, you know, my heart goes out to you because there's nothing, nothing that really gets right to the matter of things than to see our children really struggle. But, you know, here we are. The idea that, wait a minute, the probability of getting bit again is really high in some parts of the country. We're going to take a short break, Greg, when we come back. We're going to talk with Greg about a number of different things. But what does it mean? What does creating an avalanche of Lyme disease awareness mean? And what does that initiative get to the very, very heart of? The other thing is, what can all of you do to help? Another thing, please, 1-800-930-2819. Phone lines are always open during the shows for those of you who want to join in on the conversation or have questions. We'll be right back. Fall Harvest Festival is coming up right around the corner on October 24th from 10.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. with free admission located at the North Seattle Community College in the Conference Center. Festivities include a silent auction, healers, educational booths, delicious food, and a variety of vendors. You won't want to miss this fun-filled event. For more information, visit womenofwisdom.org and we'll see you there.
Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat, joined here by Dr. Nusheen Darvish. Dr. Pat Basili and Dr. Nusheen Darvish will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. I'm so excited to be talking about this. We have so much to share. Dr. Darvish and I are planning to do is connect the dots. People suffering with all sorts of chronic diseases, it's time. It is time for them to transform. Tune into Lime Talk Radio and help keep our mission strong. For the loyal listeners out there that have been listening to this incredible show on Lyme disease, we are not going to let you down. We're going to come through stronger and enrich the platform for Lyme disease awareness through Lyme Talk Radio. The message will continue. The conversations will become stronger and the healing epic. Hi, I'm Tim Darter. And I'm Steve Kramer. Join us on Spirit Fire Radio. Discover how to add the mechanics of meditation to your day. And watch yourself connect in a whole new way. Find the amazing moments in life's routines that often pass us by. Add to your awareness with Spirit Fire Radio. Tune in each Wednesday at 9 a.m. for your weekly guide to practical mindfulness. And to learn more, visit www.spiritfireradio.com. Enlightening, humorous, and compassionate. Listen live to The Kelly Ballard Show, insight and inspiration from the great beyond. Kelly is a fourth-generation medium and intuitive who covers topics ranging from grief, spirit guides, and listening to your intuition. Kelly can help you get answers and guidance from the other side with a little bit of humor and a lot of healing. Tune in to The Kelly Ballard Show, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on TransformationTalkRadio.com. It's great to have Greg Lee joining me here today. You know, what I love about this is when you get to know who Greg is, and certainly you can go to goodbylime.com. You know, I love this idea that here he is, this engineer, this scientist, you know, somebody that has been part of leadership and leadership consulting, you know, master's degree of acupuncture and Chinese herbal certification, master's Sufi healer. and, And I love this. Two Frogs Healing Center, Greg and Two Frogs. And what is it about this that gives many of us hope? What it gives us hope about is that Greg has treated several hundred people with Lyme and co-infections over the past 17 years. Now, if this is one individual that has done this, you know, how many others have not had the opportunity been treated? Greg, thank you for joining me here today. I would love to talk about over a 17-year period. What was this like for you 17 years ago? And how did you approach Lyme then? And what has happened in 17 years? And have you had to change? And in what ways? 17 years ago, I didn't know anything about Lyme disease. And I just applied what I had learned in my training that helped fibromyalgia patients, chronic pain patients, and some that help 
But a lot of it, the patient would come back with relapsing symptoms. So they'd say, yeah, it helped, but only for a couple of days. So it was rather frustrating because I was used to more long-lasting changes in fibromyalgia patients and, you know, chronic pain patients. So for me, you know, being an engineer, working at, you know, very highly big teams of people who are, you know, PhDs and all this stuff, I uh, was like, we got to research this. And at the time, there wasn't much published out there. There was more stuff on drugs, but not much on natural treatments and remedies. So I went and explored what do the Chinese do with similar diseases? What are other spirochete diseases like syphilis and leptospirosis? Mm-hmm. What are other protozoa diseases that are similar to Babesia? The obvious well, big one's malaria. What's working for those? How do I bring those to these people who aren't getting better with whatever medications they're taking or whatever they're doing to try to, you know, themselves? And so it's been trial and error and, and you know, a lot of blood, sweat and tears, you know, just hearing the stories over, you know, decades of how people are suffering. It just, you know, breaks my heart. And I want to help people. So for me, being a geek, I research stuff and I put it out. You know, hey, here's an article. Boom. Here's a training, a webinar. Boom. And so for me, it's like kind of using like the open software model where people make software and they just publish it and say, here, go use it. And that's the way I've been approaching this. Mm -hmm. And and one of my uh, mentors, uh, this crazy New Zealander, he said, you need to make something like the, the secret library that when people find it, it's like, whoa, <laughs> where has this been? So I said, that is a cool idea, man. So that's what I've been doing is like, you know, what are the things that aren't being written about? What are the challenges? What are the remedies that, you know, people are like, what is that herb? Or what is that essential oil? Or bee venom? You do what with that? You know? <laughs> Right. Well, you know, this is really part of the way we get to demystify things. You know, I think that folks are really looking at ways to integrate some of the ancient ways and things that existed before a pill, potion or lotion. And I think that, you know, today when I'm looking at the world we live in, aren't you finding, Greg, that, you know, albeit maybe the progress a bit small, people are much more open to looking at some of these natural remedies, even if like we are talking about bee venom. Yeah. uh, When people aren't getting better, that it's like they hit the wall and things aren't working. That's an opening. You know, it's sad to say some people, you know, really have to suffer a lot to get there. However, you know, there's a big difference between a person who's just recently infected and they're like, well, it's an interesting options what you do. But when you talk to someone who's, you know, been through the mill, they've done intravenous, they've done orals, they've done Cowden, they've done Buner, Rife, and they're still sick, it's like, you know, help me figure out what's been missing. Yeah. And that's what I get over and over again, day after day. And it's like, for me, I'm a problem solver. And, you know, it's like, I can't sleep unless I figure <laughs> something out. So... Yeah. Maybe that's one of my you know, obsessive qualities, but hopefully I'm using it in a good way. 
Well, yeah, you are, because one of the things that is so interesting, and I, I would love for you to talk about this, is this idea about creating a tipping point, as you say, in your presentations and in, in the things that you write about, creating a tipping point in Lyme awareness. And, you know, for many people, we don't even know what we don't know, meaning we don't even know what the questions are to ask. You know, something goes on, you may be feeling a little lightheaded, maybe even you black out, right? Maybe you black out and you hit a tree with your car and all of a sudden everybody's demystified. And, and you know, some doctor knows well enough to give you a Lyme test because maybe you live in a state where it's prevalent. But then there's no real information they give you back from that and you don't even know what to ask. As a matter of fact, Greg, you don't even know that you can ask for a copy of your test. So what does it mean to create a tipping point in Lyme awareness? Well, I'm referring to uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Tipping Point, and Mm -hmm. he really identifies, you know, several uh, kinds of people and things that need to happen in order to create that bigger public awareness. Um, He he describes three kinds of people. There are connectors. Those are the ones that know everybody and connect people up together. Hey, you need to meet this person, you know, who does this over here and, you know, I'm going to hook you up. And it's like, awesome. And then they, he talks about the mavens. They're like the geeks, the information specialists, and that's me. I'm, I'm definitely a maven because I <laughs> love to accumulate knowledge and use it. Being an engineer, it's great having all this knowledge, but if it doesn't work, great. You know, that's interesting, but I want stuff that works. I want stuff that, you know, yeah, I don't want a person in treatment any longer than they have to. You know, if I can get them detox more quickly, hey, wet cupping, boom. Like one patient came in, he was told by his Lyme doc, you know, you're the 2% of the population I can't help. Mm. And he was like crushed, you know, because mm. he had spent all this time and money and energy and saying like, you know, help me, help me. And he's just like, it's not working. And, you know, this guy is like a rock star. And I'm like, man, if that guy can't help you, oh man, the pressure's on. <laughs> and the thing that, that really helped clear his brain out, get him, you know, back and work was cupping his head. Mm-hmm. Putting his cups on, drawing out this thick stuff that when they analyze it in different, different studies, it's full of toxins and inflammation and fibrin. And he felt like awesome in his brain for weeks after that. Yeah. And it, was the, it was like the one thing that really opened things up for him. Mm. And then, uh, you know, Malcolm talks about a third kind of person, the salespeople. They're the persuaders, the charismatic people. They can really help communicate things in a way that people really understand and agree with. Mm -hmm. So, and then it's like crafting the message. What's a sticky message? There's a great book, Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. It's really, they look at, you know, what are the messages that really stick? What do we really need to have? You know, it needs to be simple. What's the simple idea around Lyme that can really, people can get it. But what's also unexpected that really grabs their attention? You know, I was doing some math here and I was looking at, okay, a tick produces a thousand eggs a year. So one tick would produce, if all 1,000 lived, would produce one billion ticks in three years. That was like, oh my gosh, one billion (laughs) ticks from one tick? That's like, you know, blew my mind. It was like, it also made me not want to ever go out in the woods again. Exactly. And then the next thing is the message needs to be concrete. You can grasp it. You can remember it later. And then it needs to be credible. Why is this really believable? 
You know, there's a thing maybe that's because of their biofilms and they make detection like difficult with blood tests. But the, it's kind of a plausible theory. Hey, they are hiding back in there. And mm-hmm. that's a way that we need better testing or we need better diagnostics, you know. And then there's also the emotional component, which I think a lot of people are really bringing forward by sharing their story, you know, about how they're struggling and their fan, they can't take care of their families and just how it's really in some ways challenged them and, you know, put them what I, through what I call the hero's journey by yeah. referring to Joseph Campbell. Yeah. And then the last thing is stories. And not only just stories about how people are suffering, but what are the stories that are really going to empower people? Not only the people who are suffering with Lyme, but also their families, their friends, you know, medical providers, you know, people who have the ability to, you know, change how we look at illness like these in America. What are policymakers doing? How do we do that? So really, it's identifying these kinds of people, I think, in the Lyme community and saying, hey, are you interested in working on a tipping point strategy? Mm. Let's find those connectors, those mavens, those salespeople. And then one of the things I do is I run surveys. Uh, to say, hey, what, do you, what problems are you dealing with here? If you could talk to me for 15 minutes, what would you ask me? And then people feed me back you know, these huge answers like, oh, my gosh, that's how I learned that. Physicians, other medical providers need more education online. It's just running a survey, and it totally it was unexpected. Oh, it's great. I love this strategy. I love the way you're approaching this. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Greg is going to take us on a journey of, you know, what is it that we need to do to really get the attention of the medical profession? He gave us a little, a little idea of it right here. But how about this idea of implementing a strategy? How is it that each and every one of us can help? We can help. What is it that we are called to do to eliminate practitioner confusion. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the symptoms, we'll talk about some of the solutions. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet, welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. Can you keep your lifestyle in retirement? It's a question people often wonder about. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Jeff Packman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Jeff can break down retirement planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. In fact, 93% of clients who have had the Confident Retirement Approach conversation feel more confident about their retirement. Call Jeff Packman, Financial Advisor, at 425-453-0272. 
for your confident retirement conversation today. Office is located at 601 108th Avenue Northeast, Suite 1800, Bellevue, Washington, 98004. Percentage based on Ameriprise Financial Confident Retirement Client Survey as of December 2013. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment and advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member of FINRA and SIPC. Are you ready for a radical shift in your way of being? Are you seeking a more deeply connected and fulfilling life? Awakened Living Radio is a show dedicated to helping you embrace a life filled with profound peace, connection, and happiness. TJ Woodward is passionate about helping you find your clarity, balance, and purpose. Join co-host TJ Woodward and Dr. Pat Basile on the first Monday of every month at 11 a.m. Pacific time for Awakened Living Radio on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Do you know how to achieve wellness in all areas of your life? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Signs of wellness are a capacity to love and ability to nurture, a sense of purpose, a good sense of humor and plenty of fun in your life, a concern for others and a respect for the environment, a conscious commitment to personal excellence, a sense of balance and integrated lifestyle, and capacity to cope with whatever life presents. Well, people enjoy their lives and want them to last as long as possible. That's why the wellness mindset usually accompanies other constructive healthy lifestyle habits. By adopting a wellness mindset and behaviors like eating well, taking the right nutrition for the body, exercising, and saying affirmations are just a few things to structure a healthy system of values and beliefs. I will be your wellness coach to help you achieve a wellness lifestyle. Call us at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. Tune in to Sheer Alchemy with Leslie Fontaine on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get ready to stir up your passions, remove your blocks, and shift into an entirely new existence. Speaker, teacher, channel, clairvoyant, Leslie Fontaine is a transformation catalyst who channels a powerful energy from source to catapult listeners into living the life they were born to live. Whether it's shifting from scarcity to abundance, from emotional pain into joy, or from illness into health, Leslie will help you step into the true essence and power of all that you are with the help of the Ascended Masters and Archangels. You will not be the same. Visit TransformationTalkRadio.com for show dates and times and LeslieFontaine.com to say yes to explosive abundance. 1230 WBLQ. Is it so fragile? Welcome back. I am so thrilled that I am joined today. You're listening to Lime Talk Radio. I'm so thrilled that uh, I get to talk to Greg Lee today. You know, part of this is uh, in how he and I get to come to the forefront today to express in a short period of time a bit about what the journey has been like and what's on our radar. 
So creating an avalanche of Lyme disease awareness is this conversation today. How can we overcome the challenges in training medical providers in treating Lyme disease? Now, you know, Greg, one of the things that you've pointed out and continue to point out in, in your work and what you present is there are many layers of training, right? I said before the break, well, we don't even know the questions to ask. And we just got a question that came in from a listener asking the, a very simple question, you know, from uh, Jonas in uh, Vermont. Uh, how, how can I find a doctor? How can I find a doctor that understands Lyme? What a Jonas, thank you. Great question. Because doesn't this really talk to the point of where we are in this journey a bit, Greg? Of course. Uh, you know, there's Google is, you know, and talking to iLads mm -hmm. are some of the best, you know, sources. And then there's also the local Lyme groups. Mm -hmm. Then they're a, a great resource for finding practitioners that may not be on, you know, have a high visibility on the Internet. But through word of mouth, they find out, hey, this is what I got. This is what happened. This is what, you know, results I got. We're going to this practitioner. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. I think. You know, it's working. Folks can with get a hold of you too. I mean, they could also get a hold of you too. You know, I mean, there are people like you that are out there, people like me that are out there that we give out our information, and what we say is, "Look, shoot me an email, and maybe I can point you in the right direction." You know, if if there's if there's no way, you know, for you to get help, or here's how I can help you. Here's what I, you know, here's what I'm doing because you know, goodbye Lyme, this system too that you developed as well. I mean, this is really what we're talking about, Greg, when we're talking about breakthrough solutions today, right? Breakthrough solutions today. One of the things that I, I wanted to ask you about is, I think one of the greatest misconceptions we have about Lyme disease is that people don't die from it. People don't die from it. The general population believes it is a tick bite, get over it. But we still are not believing that people can actually die from it. We hear a lot about the suffering, but we don't really hear about, you know, the, the critical nature of this. Uh, why do you think that is? And what can we do to create this avalanche of Lyme disease awareness? Well, hopefully we, we won't have to create it by more people dying. That's, mm -hmm. <laughs> that would be, uh, no. I think, no. yeah, we want, we need to bring out the drama, the uh, true stories in mm -hmm. a different way so that people who hear them can really get that heartfelt message like, wow, that's something I really need to pay attention to. Or, wow, yeah. man, that's, that's a problem that can happen to me. Oh, yeah, I see deer in my yard. Gee, maybe they do have a bunch of ticks and the ticks gave me that. Whoa, I never thought about that. I never thought right. about tick bites. You know, it's like identifying what's the latent problem because – you know, most of the people who come to my training, I've been training medical providers for the past six years, and most of the providers, either they have Lyme or they have family members with Lyme or they have patients that have it and what they're doing isn't working. Mm -hmm. And those are the three main people who contact me and mm -hmm. say, hey, I want to learn what you've got to offer because what I'm doing isn't working. And yeah. so- it's how do we not only keep nurturing, helping those people, but also the people that they know. How do we help give them the tools to say, hey, 
here's your family and friends. Wow, you know, this is really a problem. This is really, you know, a challenging issue. And, you know, there's some really cutting edge things here, like, you know, using electrical frequency scans to detect, you know, the, the signatures of maybe different infections. I mean, that was been a huge thing for us. I actually learned it from uh, Dr. Cowden was mm. using uh, these frequencies to say, hey, we look at over 400 different infections. And it's like, whoa, it costs, he go, I think it was him or some other physician was saying, oh, yeah, if you get in a blood test for that, it'd be like $12,000. And be like, what? Mm-hmm. No. Wow. Get me out of here. But, you know, doing the scan, you can do it. You know, it's not FDA approved for diagnosis. However, at ILADS, there's a lot of do- ILADS docs that are using electrodermal scanning now. So, you know, it's coming into the Lyme world, but outside the Lyme world, yeah, it doesn't pass the muster of FDA approved, you know, diagnosis. So, you know, that's something that can help, you know, perhaps the general population to understand. Yeah, maybe there's more going on here than just what's showing up on my test or my doctor's clinical evaluation. Yeah, you're so right about this. I mean, I have uh, somebody I know very close to me just went. They said, yeah, go get a Lyme's test and went and got the test. And, of course, Dr. Darvish said, please ask for this test. Please send it to this lab. Of course, they couldn't do any of that. Uh, and I said to I said to her, well, what was your result? She said, well, I don't have Lyme. I said, could you mind getting a copy of the test? So she calls them and they said, well, we don't have a copy of the test. And I thought, how is that even possible? So I think we have, you know, we're not just knowing the right question, right? It's not just knowing the right question, but boy, you got to be persistent. Let's go to the phones. We've got one of our fabulous listeners calling. Okay, everybody, we're ready. Brian, Jody, we've got Jody joining us here today. Yes, we do. Welcome to the program. Hey, Jody. Hi there. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for taking my call. How can um, we help you I'm today? Thanks for be... calling in. Yeah, I'm going to try to be brief here. Um, okay. After 57 doctors in a week at Mayo, we moved from Utah to Pittsburgh, and my daughter was diagnosed with Lyme. The first test was negative. I had made him put her on Doxy anyway. The second test we did through Igenex, and it came back with a recent infection, which I know she's probably had it since birth. A month later, I was diagnosed. The next month, my husband, and that same month, my son. So we all have this um, varying degree of symptoms. My daughter was a Division One college athlete and right now has trouble holding up a fork. I, mm-hmm. you know, Same. she has um, now, like, this autonomia, POTS, she has IBS. She, um, when she stands, the blood pools in her lower legs. She has like a chicken wire, like look there. Her knees are grinding. Um, she has severe anxiety and depression now. That actually happened at the, after the second dose of a 30, uh, after her first 30-day doxy, um, she got this weird sunburn-like rash and she had been on the center chest and the back. And then mentally, her Lyme doctor said she kind of got Lyme brain. But the problem we're having now is she's in so much pain that she um, has trouble walking, but she wants to exercise. I mean, she just, you know, she's lost 30 pounds. And so I'm trying to figure out, we have her um, on LB core protocol, 
Um, she was on a lot of standard processed things, so over like 250 pills a day, but we stopped it. Her stomach got better. Another doctor put her on gluco- uh, glutathione and it messed her up again. I think she hurts is really bad. She's had a couple colonics. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to help her um, mm. with her knee pain. It's not red or swollen, so it's not like typical. It's in her arms and her wrists and her shoulders. Yep. So I've done a lot of research, but I'm just not sure where else to go. Or she does meditation. We're we're just really trying, but this is a fairly recent diagnosis for all of us. But yeah. um, so that's wow. why I'm calling. Yeah, I have to tell you, my heart goes out to you and your family, and I'm so glad you did call in uh, because you know this is really for many people. This is a way to at least have somebody that uh, at least understands what you're talking about. really hear you Mm -hmm. so let's see what greg has to say and uh uh, let's see what i can add to it go ahead greg so my patients that have a reaction to glutathione they may have an intolerance to sulfur sometimes they might have the suox uh genetic snip um polymorphism which means you you have trouble essentially processing sulfur so it's a matter, what I find is if people are in pain, often there's, you know, excess inflammation, toxicity that is having trouble getting out of the body. Yep. So one right. of the treatments that helps uh, relieve pain in my patients fairly quickly, not in all of them, but in some of them, is a technique called wet cupping. I'm an acupuncturist, so you know, we do, you know, ancient medicine, things like that. Where you put suction cups on, then you needle them underneath the cups. Yeah. So Greg, draw um, out Greg, we've the, actually we've done that with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, 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 then it, there's it also um, what other is a, a form of something called moxibustion. There's a very pure form of it that is helpful in patients with uh, Bartonella pain and Mycoplasma babesia pain. Uh, so if you have a practitioner that's done the cupping, they they can get the ultra pure moxa. Um, another thing um, is uh, can you tell me what that is again? Pardon me. I'm sorry. Uh, I can you tell me what that is again? But I can't spell that. Boxy. Well, one of the things that I think I would like to do too is uh, connect you with Greg directly because I think if you two can okay. connect off there too, that would be much okay. better for him to be able to communicate with you directly via email or some way because you know uh, some of these items are are really. Uh, right now, they are being used and have had results. But he said something very interesting, and and he's right. Sometimes, you know, we are allergic to some of the things like glutathione. You would never think, wow, I might be allergic to that. But you could be. Uh, And I just want to just say this to you that because you know, if you work with somebody, you know, somebody that knows how to check for allergies, for example, I was given oregano and I eat oregano. I'm Italian. There's no way that an oregano capsule should have put me in a state of anaphylactic shock, but boom, there I was. So it could be some of these things that, um, you know, she's taking in right now that could be causing some of this problem that have nothing really to do with, uh, you know, Hertz reaction or any of that. You know, that's really one of the things, Greg, that I have discovered as well. You know, some of us are allergic to some of the treatments, and yet it's hard to figure that out, isn't it? Most of my patients 
have a higher sensitivity to different yeah. foods. And yeah. often what's underlying that is a condition called leaky gut. Their intestines are leaking. It goes in the blood. It makes them much more hypersensitive to different compounds, foods, mm-hmm. you know, pollen. And that's, a, I think, a, one of the big underlying problems that I think we'll see being addressed more and more as, you know, we, we find research what happens with Lyme patients, what's going on underneath their symptoms. So, yeah, I'd love to connect with you after the show. And uh, mm-hmm. um, there's a web page I have for the show, goodbylime.com slash Lyme Talk. And you can go there. And uh, I'll, I'm sharing my notes with anyone who wants to. I have a little PowerPoint slide that I developed for Pat. So if you want a copy of that, I can uh, share that with you if you go to that web page and give me your contact right. info. Yeah, what, and that would be great. The other thing I would say is, um, it, you know, we talked about this before. I don't know uh, if you have a means by which to travel or your daughter has a means to travel. Are you able to travel together? Um, yes, but I've been having to drive her because the change and the pressure from the plane um, mm-hmm. just gets her pain up so high, and we don't know how to dial it back down after. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that was a few months back, and, and so maybe she can handle something now. But, you know, we'll do whatever, you know, um, well, whatever we uh, can. Well, you know, one of the things you can do is also email me, and I will talk to you offline as well, uh, because uh, for many of us, you know, we know some doctors and some folks that, you know, are handling this and really helping people and, uh, and really curing people. And I would like to get you in touch with them um, because this is really, when you have something as complex as I'm hearing you talk about, you know, there are layers that have to be peeled back. And I think Greg talked about it as well. So you can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at the drpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R, patshow.com. Just email me and uh, we'll schedule a time to chat and uh, I'll get you pointed in the right direction. And so will Greg. Thank you so much, you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for calling. Good luck. Thank you. Well, you know, this really brings a topic to the forefront. And that is of what we were talking about. You know, when you were mentioning practitioners and how confused they are, we're not just talking about. Uh, practitioners that are not Lyme literate. We're also talking about practitioners that are Lyme literate, aren't we? Yeah, we are. And a lot of them approach me at conferences and saying, hey, what are you doing for this? How do you deal with Herxheimer's? What do you do with for brain inflammation? You know, what do you do for infection in, in here? And it's like we have these sideline conversations. And then they usually come with a comment like, well, you need to present at the conference next year. And I'm like, well, sure, well, happy to do that. But, you know, there's because, you know, a lot of these people are having, you know, patients that just don't fit the protocol model or whatever treatment model they're using. And they're saying, like, we need more tools. And for me, it's like I, I need more tools and let me share what's working. And, you know, it might be kind of out there. But, uh, you know, it's worked in similar cases, say, in China. So let's try it. Yeah. 
and this is really what we're talking about is, you know, coming together and really having, uh, a, you know, a way of talking about something that is so misconceived. Like many people think that, wow, okay, bullseye rash. If I don't get a bullseye rash, just something like that. Let's just talk about that for a minute. If I don't get a bullseye rash, wow, then I must be in the clear. And I think that has probably been one of the greatest misconceptions, you know, not to mention some of the articles that are out there that many of us are writing rebuttals to. Uh, one article in particular that was issued last year uh, by a science magazine, basically saying there's nothing to be afraid of. And, you know, information was presented that wasn't correct. So, you know, talk a little bit about what some of the misconceptions are that people can be made more aware of. Well, uh, there's a lot of medical providers that I talk to. I have medical providers in my family, and they're like, you know, when I went through, like a recent graduate I talked to, he went through med school about two years ago, and I was looking through his Harrison's textbook, and they had stuff that was published, you know, about 30 years ago about Lyme, and that's what he was taught. And I was just like, well, there's a lot of stuff since then. And it's like, yeah, the textbooks are always behind the latest, and it takes a long time to get them updated. So, you know, there's out-of-date information. Plus, you know, there's in some medical providers in my area, there's a belief that Lyme is a psychosomatic illness. It's all in the head. And, you know, they're not open to hearing about you know, how it can be a real chronic illness, how it really can be a very, you know, debilitating disease. And for me, my strategy is, you know, I'm not going to try to convert the people who aren't open. I want to find as many open people as I can, share, collaborate, let's figure this out together. You know, it takes a village, you know, they, you've heard it this, the quote, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it takes a village to heal people, a community of Lyme disease. So. It does. It does take a community. It does take a community. You know, what have you discovered over, over time uh, about, you know, some of these things that people have, you know, had shown up, whether it be emotional or physical, you know, where they haven't really been able to kind of put it together. And oh boy, this hour has gone by rather quickly. What, what suggestions might you give for people in trying to get underneath what's really going on with them? Well, I think the most important thing is to kind of track how fast are your symptoms progressing because that gives you a sense of how much time you have to research options. Uh, I really think the Lyme support groups can be a very uh, useful resource and really hearing what other people are going through, but also hearing about what's working for them. And uh, there's um, conferences, you know, a, a lot of the professional conferences, uh, there's, you know, patients, patient advocates there and just collaborating with the, the practitioners at those uh, meetings can be very helpful. You know, I, I just think that having, I mean, I, at NASA, I worked in a, in a lab and we had very smart people working together, you know, on some very difficult challenges. And I'm like, we can do that with medicine too. Let's Let's get some people who are like, you know, work well in a team together, can get behind, you know, what are some ways we can really figure this out? You know, are you a salesman? Are you a maven? Or are you, uh, you know, one of these people who, you know, connects everyone else together and then figure out how can we then 
move forward with educating not only practitioners, but also everyone else. Yeah, what a great show. Thank you so much, Greg. Would you uh, please, I want to take a minute so that you can give out some information to people. They can find out more about you, the website, uh, and also, uh, you know, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? So my website is goodbylime.com and at goodbylime.com slash lime talk, you can get a copy of the slides that I used to prepare for this interview. Uh, also, I have a training for medical providers. There's a, some information there. The next one is starting on January 8th. Um, and also, if you go to the website, my contact information is there too. Email uh, for most general inquiries is at twofrogshealingcenter at gmail.com. Uh, you, you'll get to me that way also. Uh, where, so I think the, the last thing I want to add was because people ask me, what's the one most important thing that, you know, you want to tell people? And, you know, I think uh, I've got to wrap it up. Um, I think there's a guy who was uh, captured in Vietnam. He was a prisoner of war. And he was asked, like, you know, what's the most important thing that you learned over there? Mm-hmm. And, he, and, uh, and he was a uh, general. And he said, you know, the most important thing I learned was not only did I need to, you know, dig down deep inside and find this place inside of me that knows that I'm going to prevail, you know, call it your heart, call it your spirit, whatever it is. But I also had to confront the brutal facts that I was not going to get out of there by yeah. Christmas. Yeah. So it's a, that combination of digging deep inside and finding the resources yeah. within, but also confronting what's the next thing I need to do to make it through. I love it. Greg Lee, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning us in and turning us on. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Lime Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basili. Epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind-spirit remedy. For more information, visit LimeTalkRadio.com and tune in next time.